tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Ghana Connect. And now, as I'm talking now, some of us, we don't have no place to sleep, and we don't have no food to eat too. Yeah, we are stranded. Ah, we don't have no place to stay. I and my wife and my children, we don't have no place to stay. Yes, so the, the delay is from uh, Nadborn. I don't want to blame anybody. They also have their challenges. I'm not going to sleep. I feel for everybody. They're also human beings. Are you overwhelmed by this? Of course, I'm a human being. We have moved in with some temporary relief items, especially for those who have been displaced and are at some safe heavens, to give them some small, some relief for now. So this week, Ghana's disaster preparedness was once again put to the test in Keta. When a storm surge battered the coast of Keta and left nearly 4,000 displaced and in desperate need of rescue and relief, it took until Tuesday evening for the much-needed relief to arrive. From the June 3rd fire and fire, a flood and fire disaster to major road crashes uh, and fires that we've seen uh, over the years uh, to the tanker explosion uh, a few years back, our disaster response and relief capabilities have, have been left dangerously exposed on each occasion. So tonight, we are connecting Ghana and beyond for an honest conversation about why and how to fix it. Before, God forbid, a proper disaster, man-made or natural strikes. After the break. We're trendy and youthful. We're UBA. We go the extra mile beyond your expectations. We will get it done and get it done very well now. UBA. Best loans and more. UBA. Best customer satisfaction. UBA. Best digital solutions. For best retail products, innovative offerings, loans made just for you, attractive interest rates, trading across Africa or sending money. If you want the best digital banking products, including chatting with you on WhatsApp and Facebook, turn to UBA, Africa's global bank. Live on Joy 99.7 FM, this is indeed Ghana Connect. 
Of course, we've seen this week the devastation caused by the uh, storm surge in Keta. But one thing that has again returned to the front, Bernard, that needs consideration. It's not necessarily um, the the incident of Keta, uh, the at Keta, but you have to put it in the broader context of everything else we've seen over the last few years uh, in the context of our disaster preparedness. Because what was happening uh, in Keta, the storm surge battered the coast and left nearly 4,000 displaced, and this happened the dawn of Sunday. It only took until, uh, it didn't, well, the relief didn't arrive, until evening of Tuesday. If you put that in the context of the June 3rd uh, flood and fire disaster to major road crashes and fires, time and again, uh, our disaster response and relief capabilities have, have always been left exposed. We've had fire service officials tell us that they simply are, they do not have the tools to fight fires, major ones indeed. And uh, most often than not, as we've seen, the entire structure is is simply left um, uh, smoldering. But that is a conversation that we need to have, and that's a conversation we're going to have tonight on Ghana Connect. We're going to connect Ghana and beyond for an honest conversation about why and how to fix it before, God forbid, a proper disaster, man-made or natural strikes. But so far, this is a story from Keta. I'm talking now. Some of us, we don't have no place to sleep and we don't have no food to eat too. Yeah, we are stranded. Uh, we don't have no place to stay. I and my wife and my children, we don't have no place to stay. Our people don't have a place to sleep. Maybe they have to sleep on top of my roof. What would have happened if it was my home? Because I live by the coast in Aflau, and I was terrified that should I have gone home and found my house reduced to blocks, what would I have done? I want His Excellency the President to hear me too. Classrooms, as you can see, this building is used to be six classrooms, but the four of them has been destroyed by the sea. Now we have only two, two classrooms. For that, no effective teaching can go on when we combine, let's say, from KG1 to GHS3. We cannot do any effective teaching. The relief items is supposed to be prompt and swift. Nothing is happening. State of emergency in Keta, Keti South, and then Anglo. Should be declared. So there is a delay from night, but I don't want to blame anybody. They also have their challenges. I'm not going to sleep. I feel for everybody. They're also human beings. Are you overwhelmed by this? Of course, I'm a human being. Today, the president will be traveling to Cape Verde to go and witness uh, presidential swearing in. When the people of Keta, the coast, are devastated, instead of a, a government who should take prompt action and visit the people, they are going to ceremony. of this matter. I believe the Minister for Housing, Works and Housing has also made um, a comment on it and he's indicated that um, currently government is in the process of finding the funds to complete phase two of this project.
shall move in with some temporary relief items, especially for those who have been displaced and are at some safe heavens, to give them some small, some relief for now. Well, the last comment there is very instructive. Half a loaf is better than none. But should it be that way? Should it be half a loaf in the midst of disasters? Why were we not prepared for this? And why have we not been prepared for so many of such disasters in the past? So Ghana, of course, is connecting to have a conversation. I want to hear from you tonight, wherever you are on this all-important conversation, because you've seen it. Um, it, it. Disasters are major ones, but it could be your home on fire that you need a fire service to respond to. They say there's a major concern there for many about um, what this says about our preparedness. Let's have that conversation. Zero five five one 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 nine eight seven. I want to hear from you on this. And of course, we'll start in Kita because that is the immediate one of concern uh, to us and what that says about the bigger picture. Uh, Max Oroba is in the studio with me. He's connecting the studio because he's been on the ground. He's seen it all. He's been there. How many days were you there, Max Um We're there from Monday to Thursday morning. Monday to Thursday? Yeah, Monday oh, to Thursday. Because okay, so that's four days. Yeah, so four you days. saw it all. You saw the devastation on the ground. We'll start yeah. from there. Uh, Charles Ousefriye uh, uh, will connect uh, with us very shortly. Joshua. Uh, would also connect the executive director of uh, Worship Aid Foundation will connect with us uh, uh, on this matter. Uh, we'll be in, in Keta. Uh, Seiji uh, is, a, is a deputy NADMO uh, director will join us uh, via Zoom. Uh, Knowledge Juwonu uh, is an opinion leader in, in Keta himself will join us. Uh, we'll be joined by a few assemblymen themselves who are seeing this. Um, normally the assemblies are taxed to do the first response, uh, but of course uh, are they prepared themselves? Now there are a few people who have, young men who have decided to, to turn this into into music. They've uh, expressing their frustration with what has happened in music. Uh, JJ uh, will join us uh, with, uh, with his thoughts on this. Uh, JJ is joining us on the phone, I believe. Uh, hello, JJ. Hello, JJ. Okay, CD uh, will join us also. Uh, he's also a musician. Uh, Marcel, let me start with you. So when you go to yeah. the ground, let me, when you go to the ground on Monday, mm. wh- where did you first go? So we're first in Salakope, that is in the Ketu South um, District. Yeah, that was our first port of call. And uh, when we got there, I honestly thought that was the hardest hit area. Um, looking at the, the devastation that we saw, I thought it was the hardest hit area. It was um, the following day that I got to know um, that that wasn't the hardest hit area. And um, we had to visit other communities also to let people have a 360 view of what was happening, um, you know, in that part of the uh, um, Volta region. So in Salakope, essential social amenities were, you know, under threat. And we saw that um, the community cemetery um, was under threat. Part of it submerged. Um, A school, a community school actually at Amotini, um, which is an adjoining community to Salakope, was also um, under threat. Um, uh, the roads in the community, um, uh, I mean, y- you could see the devastation when you get on the ground. And in fact, when I had interactions with the municipal chief executive on that day, he told me about how 
um, when he was first called to the scene and when he got there, he saw people in the water and some of them had the water at their chest level. And he did not believe his eyes. He did not believe what he was seeing. Um, he said he had to call police, um, fire service, and other, um, you know, um, first respondents um, in to come and help with the situation. And when we got on the ground, we actually saw the flat marking um, on, on on the walls in the community. Some so high up to the um, to, to, to the window level. Mm. And I'm talking about a house that is not very close to the ocean. This is a house that is like about 500 meters away from the shoreline. Mm-hmm. And the house gets flooded up to the window level. And um, I mean, shared a story about a woman who I, I met who talked to me about how her child uh, was nearly washed away by the flood. She said they were sleeping around 1 a.m. Um, she was on her bed. The next woman, she felt you know, some cold sensation around her. She woke up. She wanted to get down from the bed. Her leg on the floor, and then there was a splash of water. Yeah, just in that the, was yeah, that was the only time that she realized. It reminds me of a similar situation I had when I lived, used to live in Adabraka, mm. um, 1995. Okay. Um, same. I was also mm. sleeping, and you felt like this. You, you were getting wet. Yeah. I, I, it felt like a dream actually. Mm. You woke up, and the room was filled with water. Wow. The entire area was. This, anybody remembers nine, nine, 1995 flats or remember right. this? It was. It was massive. The, the mm. military had to be deployed to bring boats. Um, but th- this is what they were experiencing. There. Th- th- this is what they were experiencing, and uh, w- w- what broke my heart. Um, in still in Salakope, um, when we got on the ground, um, there was a man I saw digging a very big grave, not the usual six feet down, the mm-hmm. one that they dig. And um, this is a cemetery which is located very close to the coastline now. Previously, it wasn't the case. It was far away from the ocean. But the ocean is gradually getting into the community such that a part of the cemetery has been submerged. And some of the graves in the cemetery have no tombs. Um, So what it means is that when the ocean water runs into the community, it erodes um, the soil, part of the soil that was used to cover those graves, erodes part of it. Mm. which kind of paints a picture of a looming health crisis to the extent that this man who I spoke to was digging a bigger grave, collecting some of the body parts, Mm. the skulls, and, I mean, some of the bones, to bury in another grave just to protect it. Because the ocean, the waves had washed away. Yeah, yeah. You've buried a loved one in your community, and part of the cemetery is actually submerged now so you have no choice you have no option i was asking him so eventually what are you going to do are you going to relocate to the cemetery he told me he has no idea of what course i mean he's just doing what he can the uh, the, the challenge was and this so this was all monday right this was yeah, playing this out this was this was monday in the just this was just in the ketu south yeah uh, just 14 15 communities that exactly. were all been been hit yeah um but the the in terms of did you on the ground when you saw mm. when you was was there any form of help at all because i know that at that time the assemblymen the yeah. uh, chief executives for yeah. the various were all on the ground yeah the, 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 what was the sense you got? What was that? Was there a sense of helplessness, and mm. or they felt like help was coming? Um, by the time that we we got there, um, the water level had receded at a point. So then was um, it, it was just a recovery effort that was ongoing. But although the water level had receded, we still had water um, in some homes. And in the Ketu South, um, I met the um, MCE for the area, Maxwell Lugodo, who himself was on the ground taking me around, showing me the places. And I remember there was one point where he wanted to show me an area which they want, they want to relocate the people. Um, and uh, for this area that I'm talking about, it's kind of like an island community very close to the Keta Lagoon. And in fact, you have to cross the lagoon um, to get there. It was very difficult for us. I told him, um, uh, thanks to technology, um, we had the help of technology so we could use a drone um, to get an aerial view of what he wanted to show to me. But in fact, he rolled his trousers and got in the lagoon when they came back with the people. So he was on the ground. I mean, there was a point where he took me to um, uh, see the fence um, that was in the community. But, I mean, the, 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 the sea water, the, the sea defense couldn't stop the, the, the tide. The tide was so high that it went over the sea defense and got into the community. Oh, I see. So yeah. the sea defense that we've heard a lot about where the sea yeah. defense was actually present, yeah, yeah. he didn't in, quite in a, help. Agaveji, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't really help. And 
we went to um, this community before we came back. We went to the Angola district, mm-hmm. a community called Fuvema. I, I, I mean, uh, for Fuvema, I thought I'd seen it all in um, Salakope. Mm-hmm. Fuvema was a different story. What was the problem there? Devastation, total devastation. I mean, uh, so first of all, this is a this is a hard to reach community. Um, and I think that is what has compounded their woes as well, because um, a lot of people do not get opportunity to go there. Even for journalists, it is difficult to get there. So when you get to Anyanui, there's a river that you have to cross to get to this community. There are no life jackets. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't have life jackets. But thankfully, we had a um, four-wheel drive, so we used our four-wheel drive. But it was difficult, even with the... Uh. Because um, you, it's like you're driving through the sand at the beach. This community is very close to the beach. So what happens is that for the community people, if you don't use a canoe to get to your village, for them, you would have to walk. And if you're walking, it's like 50 minutes uh. from Anyanui, and no car goes there. So the only option you have is to use a canoe. If you can't use a canoe, walk. And I remember just walking through the community alone itself. It gave me serious waste pains. Like I, I so, but the people imagine. themselves were, they, of course, they've been their homes have been washed away. What yeah, did you see? Yeah, that, I, I mean, a lot of homes washed away. Um, half of the community just like Salakope submerged. In fact, a man who was taking me around was showing me some of the houses. Was telling me, oh, this house, um, those days Christmas time, we go and sit there. And, and the and house is no more. The house is actually in the sea. It's in the ocean. Oh wow! Yeah, the, house, the house is no more. Half of the community is gone. Which day was this? Um, this was this was on Wednesday. A- and by the time you got there, did they have any help? Was it relief? Yeah, they there? got they got some relief um, okay. from um, when? Radmo. When did it, when did that? Arrive? Um, that happened. I think forty eight hours after. Okay. And a lot of them, you know, were were, were not were, were were not happy about it because um, because of the delay. Yeah, because of the delay, and they said even it wasn't enough. Um, surprisingly, some of the people I spoke to actually said they understand the enormity of the problem and they know Nadmo has to serve um, a lot of people so they appreciate a little that they got. In fact, I want to connect to uh, Fuvame. Okay. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Fuvame. Fuvame. Kind of like um, so it's sea, the ocean and Verme is like a hole but this time we say a valley so the valley of the sea. Juwonu is an opinion leader that connects on the phone. Hello Juwonu. Hello. Hi. Great to uh, connect with you tonight, Juwano. So, um, uh, you you live in Fuvabe, true? Yeah. Okay. Um, is it the first time this has happened? No. Okay. So you've seen uh, you've seen this before. Uh, have you seen it? Have you seen it this bad? Yeah. Okay. Good evening to you. Hello. Yes, uh, Juwano. I, I can hear you. Yeah. Talk to me. Uh, first of all, I want to inform you where Fuvama is. Puvoma uh, is in Anglogan district, and it is in the western part of Anglogan district, and therefore share boundary with River Volta. River Volta, uh, is facility to Adan East district, and it is the River Volta which demarcates Puvoma and Adan. The River Volta enters the sea at both Puvoma and Adan. This Puvoma is a very beautiful town because the town is full of beautiful sun, like a gold. You can sit on it and you may not become dirty. This town attracts many foreigners who visited Ghana. Uvoma is about 500 kilometers from the sea in 1980 to 1990, 1990 to 1996. In 1998, the tidal waves hit Uvoma and took away part of Uvoma land and therefore destroyed the houses of the people and therefore their properties. The people in Puvoma have no place to go, and they therefore relocated themselves at Puvoma land, which the tidal waves had left. And in 2016, in 2016, somewhere in July, the tidal waves struck Puvoma again and totally destroyed the IDC basic school in Puvoma and damaged the houses of the people and the property of the people. So the IDC basic school was rebuilt or relocated and rebuilt at a place called Agokaji. And the people who relocated themselves to that place, Agokaji, in 2018, the Tadawe struck Puvoma again and destroyed people's property and the house. In 2019, in somewhere in August, flood occurred from the sea, and the whole town was with water. And people, lo- people lost 
the poultry and the animals, like they goats as well as sheep, which people rear for their livelihood. In this year, uh, 27th July, flood from the sea occurred in the town at Uverman. From this time, the sea if, from this time, if the sea is rough, we won't sleep up to this time. There is always a flood from the sea, which is destroying uh, the RC basic school again and uh, the houses of the people at Uverman. The people of Uvama relocated. We relocated ourselves, but the sea is also coming. So uh, some of us, we don't have no place to stay. Even we don't have no food to eat because because of this flood, we are no more going to work because we don't know where you are going to sleep. I, I, I so see. Um, if early in the morning, you wake up and go to work. Yeah, I mean, so do, do you want to? Yes, do you want to tell me? I mean, you've described the the history of the problem. Has yeah. there been any engagement on? Okay, so this is a disaster-prone area. Yeah. What sort of conversations have the I mean, DC or authorities had with you about finding a solution to this problem um, permanently for the people who live there? Has there been anything like that? No, they came and they told us that uh, uh, they were going to think about it so that they will come and relocate us. But the people in the village are saying that uh, they, will, they will not relocate. Uh, they also want to stay here because mm. they, their work is here. Therefore, they want to be here. So they are appealing for the government to come and do sea defense or to dredge the sea and grind the sea. So that we will be protected, so that we can also be here. Okay, I mean, so that's a very interesting um, input there. I mean, elsewhere people have to live on water, so it's not impossible uh, for this to happen. I mean, but why hasn't happened? Uh, we'll get into that shortly. Uh, Charles is connecting the studio. Hello, Charles. Great to have you, Charles. And Charles is uh, <laughs> is uh, from Glyphe. Um, it's an assemblyman. There, you live there. Yeah. Okay, because you also have a similar situation where a lot of homes were also affected, people were left displaced. Uh, has this, there was some work also being done there, right, to try and bring relief and, and stop this from happening? Uh, yes, thank you very much for having me here. And um, yeah, we are having a similar problem in Glyphe community, even not in Glyphe community alone. Um, from Glyphe, Akwetemang, Shiabu, and some part of Choco. Mm. Yeah. This is right in the heart of the greater crowd. Yeah, Dansoman. Yeah. Ablikuma West and Ablikuma South. So, um, the Glefe itself, the community called Glefe, uh, formerly the name was Apenaye. But that Apenaye town itself is in the sea now. Okay, so there's nobody there anymore. No, it's been the, washed off. Yes, the place has been washed off. Okay. The whole community has been washed off. But I think from. So 2013, this sea defense construction began. And um, the contractor said the government uh, gave him two kilometers, but he has finished on that. So where he started from, and um, now he is at the back of the Royal Hospital at Akwetiman. And then um, he's waiting for clearance to continue the, the, the work. But chief, since he got to Akutiman, the Royal uh, MMR Hospital is back, the pressure from the other side has pushed to the place where the, uh, the defense is not being contract, uh, cons- constructed. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe you me, it's left with a lane, a one lane, that the, the sea will hit the road and it will carry the, the road out. Um, so, so stay with me. I mean, so the, the, the problem is uh, is pretty obvious. Uh, Joshua is connecting via Zoom. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Joshua. Can you hear me? Joshua, mute yourself if you can hear me. Uh, he is uh, uh, he's executive of the, uh, the director of the Worship Aid Foundation work with the, uh, in terms of uh, dealing with relief. Hello, Joshua. Can you hear me? Joshua, mute yourself. Okay, uh, we'll get Joshua's uh, uh, input fixed shortly so we can uh, pick his brain on, on this. But in essence, the, I think the problem is, is very obvious. I, we also thankfully have um, Seji with the Deputy 
as a deputy Hi. director, uh, Nadbo, uh, who also joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what the challenge, challenges are and how this can be a, a be, be, be fixed uh, going forward. Yeah, Joshua, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay, Joshua, tell me. I mean, we've been talking about disaster preparedness and response. You work in this field. Um, You've observed uh, this play out, you know, anytime there is some form of a disaster. Um, With what is happening in in Keta, we're just listening to the Glyphae experience also. And we've had others, not only uh, when there's when there's tidal waves, but fire, etc. What what is what sense do you get about Ghana's preparedness for these these major natural uh, disasters? Some of them also man-made. To all our listeners, um, I think we have a few more scenarios that uh, we can use as buttresses to project the point that uh, preparedness for disaster pre and post um, isn't the best in this country. We can talk about uh, the victims of the fire disaster that happened a few years ago who have still not received their compensations. We can recently talk about the issue that Manuel Manuel Cranting um, also adjoined us also did that documentary that he worked on with families living in um, waterlogged areas and all that and still haven't received, you know, some um, level of attention it's been almost seven days since the Keta issue also happened, and we've still not seen any full government intervention um, given to these people. There hasn't been any sort of... It, it, it expresses that, you know, um, sort of unpreparedness and projects how we deal with disaster issues in this country. My major concern is on the fact that since we know we are not... Hello, Joshua. Okay, we seem to have lost Joshua there. Let's try and reconnect him. As- you know, and reactive. Why don't we see these issues? Of I was listening to the, the conversation on Fulgumi. Please, can you hear me? I can now. Oh, really? I can hear you now, Joshua. Why? Wow. I guess I would have to repeat all that I no, said. No, you, you don't have to. Uh, just control for what you left off. I can hear you now. Right. Right. So I was I was saying that I was listening to the conversation on the Fulgumi. I read quite a bit and realized that in 2016, too, we had a similar issue where the school was actually destroyed and we have to build a new one. It means that we are privy to some of these, you know, uh, prone zones that we have to start working on. It appears that our sea defenses are not even saving us anymore. So we'd rather have to start being proactive than trying to wait to be reactive because even with the react- reactiveness, we're not doing anything. The fire people, fire victims have not received their conversation. I talked about Manuel's Dustman documentary and um, where the victims who live in waterlogged residential areas have also not been attended to. It's been seven days since the Keta issue has been. And okay, we need to fix this uh, connection um, uh, briefly. Let me bring in Seiji, who is with the NADMO on this, the, the National Disaster Management Organization. Seiji, great to have you. You've been on the ground in, in Keta uh, um, on the back of what happened there. Um, but this... This is this is bigger than Keta, is it not? Because this is about, I mean, our preparedness. I mean, you got onto the ground, I think, on Tuesday when I spoke to you with some initial relief. Um, it, it, let's start with Keta. Um, this happened Sunday. What was the challenge, you know, elsewhere, the response would have been almost immediate. And, and they, there's always a, they put, them, they put pressure on themselves to time when first responders will get into rescue. Not only got there Tuesday evening from, from what um I from what our reporters tell us. Between Sunday and Tuesday, in between that that gap, I want to appreciate what a challenge was um with Nanmo's response. Hello, Sage, you can uh, unmute yourself if you're with us. Yeah, hello. Yes, great. Can you hear me? I can. Yes, yes. Uh, good evening to you and uh the other cool panelists and uh, your listeners to as well. Uh, that you are expanding the discussion. Um, yes, the Anglo Keta and K2 South uh, issue is worrying, but as an organization, our role is to coordinate the agencies when disaster happens, but normally before disaster even happens. So we have what we call our disaster management plans. And in these disaster management plans, we do 
we try to do what we call disaster risk reduction so that in case uh, we have an occurrence, uh, the effect of the occurrence will not be as much or the impact will not be as much. But as soon as the occurrence happens, we are on the ground to first of all help in the search and rescue with other agencies as well. And in the particular case that we are talking about, the K2 South, Keta and Agnoga issue, our staff, you know, we are a decentralized organization and we have staffs The, the day he stepped in there, he was with the MCE, and I'm sure the next person with the, with the MCE will be the NADMO district director, looking at ways that they can help in trying to bring the situation under control. Whilst that is going on, they do a quick uh, assessment to find out the kind of things that will be needed, both in the uh, search and rescue and in delivering relief to as well. When that data is gathered, then that data is relayed and then we move in with relief. Yes, in this particular instance, we got Hello Seji. Hello Seji. Okay, yeah, uh, we may have lost Seji down the line. Seji, can you hear me? Do I have Joshua? In the somewhere in the afternoon. After we... Hello? Hello Seji, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, we lost yes, you briefly. You were, you were talking about you were talking about the uh, assessment that it has to be, has to happen before you move in. Okay, um, definitely the lines. Um, Said you possibly could still be on the ground, and that may be the reason why we're having a challenge with this connection. But but Maxwell, the, let's 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 talk about. I can hear you now. Yes, I can. Yes. Yes. So, so wh why did you lose me? I lost you. We were talking about the assessment that you need to do before you can move in. Yes. So um, we moved in on Tuesday. And uh, quickly, when we moved in, we first of all identified where our local staff, together with the assembly, has identified as safe havens and they have moved people to. So the initial relief items we sent, we targeted those areas to provide some relief. The data we were provided with some of the affected victims are still um, staying in their homes. Some flooded anyway. Some of the homes they are still staying in, staying in are flooded. In some particular instances, they have to arrange stones to have an elevated platform to put their bed and all that. Those people who have moved to their relatives and friends, we are mobilizing to go back and attend to all of them. Okay, so that's a specific situation. You talk about, I mean, so so in essence, do I hear you say the reason why you got that 48 hours later was because you were you used the 48 hours to do an assessment? Hello, I didn't get that. I'm, I'm just asking that the 48-hour yeah. gap, you're saying you, the reason that happened fundamentally was because of the assessment you were doing? No, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't see it as a gap. I, I, I said... Right from day one, Nanbo was on the ground from Sunday. Nanbo was on the ground. It is the delivery of the relief item that you can say within the 48 hours. Okay, so I guess then the explanation, so the Nanbo officials who were on the ground, the first responders who got there, what was their job? What were they doing when they arrived? That, that, that is why I mentioned that they normally help in the search and rescue activity. The, the areas that were... Um, made the safe havens. These places are arrived at through discussions with assembly and the NADMO officials. And these people have to be moved there. All these things are done by the NADMO officials. Uh, we've, we've lost them again. Next, mm. next uh, disaster management, a collective responsibility. So the framers of the law created what we call a disaster management committee, even at the municipal and district level, where you have the district chief executive as the chairman of the disaster management committee, and you have all agencies represented at the district, the head of all agencies represented at the district as members of that committee. This is the highest committee that will look at what the issues are and try to 
um, provide some response and relief before maybe the regional office and the national office come in. And interestingly, the regional disaster management committee is also structured like that. The regional minister sits as the chair of the regional disaster management committee with all the heads of the agencies at the regional level, and it is the same at the national level too as well. So, so, so they, so NADMO has been decentralized, right? I mean, with I guess is the point you're making. Um, but as we've seen uh, time with the number, you always hear, for example, and we heard this from the uh, K2 South MC say on Tuesday. Actually, he's well, on Wednesday. He sounded very frustrated with not having the urgent relief that his people needed, and he says there was a challenge, and that it is. Characteristic of a lot of the disasters, right? We always hear that more officials on the ground say, we are still waiting for relief to arrive from Accra. We are still negotiating with the authorities. Why is always, why why do we have that challenge when it comes up? Yes, I, I agree with you. The challenge is that uh, mostly we don't have uh, relief items pre-positioned at the district level. Most of the relief items we have are normally either at the regional level or at the national level. Um, yes, I mean, we'll admit that there is a challenge depending on the enormity of the situation. But what happens is that as we do the initial... Okay, we lost him there. Uh, we'll try and reconnect to him via Zoom. But I want to test this with with my with my connectors on the ground who have experienced disasters. Um, Charles, you, in Glyphe, for example, when when we first when we last visited that place, the the storm had hit again. Many people were displaced. In that, when that happened, this this is very recent. Um, it must a month or two ago. Um, how quickly did the officials respond to to the need that the people people had? Okay, so what it means is that what? But but are people so displaced? Yeah, um, like what I'm hearing now, it surprises me that Nadmo has moved in to Keta to support some people, whilst we are living in Accra, the heart of Ghana, and we are in Dansoman. Dansoman. When you talk of Dansoman Beach. Everybody in Ghana knows about Dansoman Beach or have heard about Dansoman Beach. And we have not received anything, any relief, being it government or NGO. Even, I think, the, the media in Ghana have neglected us. But I'll comment, Joy. You have to. Yes. Because we you spent, have, you, you we have spent done some time doing that. Very yes. well. Your, your, your guy, Manuel, was, was there every time. I think every week he comes there, he calls me, and, and you are carrying a, a, a media a group, and I'll commend you for that. So, so fundamentally, what do the people need, for, for example, in a place like Right that? now, all that the people need is to con- the continuation of the sea defense. Okay. Because but for those who have been displaced, who have, Manuel saw their homes gone, and etc. Yeah. Some of them are now living... With family, with, with, with family and friends. Okay. Some are living in church church rooms and other places. Yeah. I mean, let me bring in Juono back to Fuvame, where the, uh, the the devastation was was, was hardest uh, felt. Juono, uh, are you with me? Yeah. Do you want to talk to me? So when did you first see the NADMO officials on the ground in, uh, in, in Fuvame? Uh, for this situation, they, they didn't come. Oh, are you saying uh, that even as of tonight, no official yeah. has arrived on the ground to assess your and give you help. Uh, the time I uh, do the, the assessment, but they didn't give anything yet. They oh, didn't I see. Give anything yet, but some some benevolent people give us some food items on Tuesday. So, give me a sense of what the people need on the ground from Fuvame. Uh, what people need on the ground is that uh, the government should come and deface the sea. By dredging the, the sea and doing grind or the defense for them. That is what the people need from the government. Okay. So, very interesting uh, thoughts there on, on what the people actually need. Uh, Seji is with me, so let me pull that to him. Seji, are you still with me? 
Hello, Seiji. Okay. Um, let's see if we can bring Seiji back. He's a deputy director at NADMO. Uh, just That's to respond. Uh, Seiji, are you with me? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you respond yes, to can the... I, I can. Can you respond to the uh, situation of Fulvermeer? Um, we just spoke into opinion leader. Our report also was on the ground. He says, your men were on the ground to do the assessment, but they still haven't really received anything yet from NADMO, but private individuals have stepped in. What's, this, what's, what's, what's holding you? Yes, um, I I actually we spoke to our chairman of the disaster management committee in Anglon district, where Fuwema comes uh, uh, under. Fuwema actually is, I think, the worst hit community in all the fifteen communities, and the situation there is much serious. According to the um, the the, dis, the district chief executive. He said they have even managed to hold, I think, a, a, a dissect meeting because just as it's a, a, a disaster situation, it's also a serious security issue to as well. Because in their particular case, even education has been completely disrupted because the only school block is completely washed off. They are looking at an adjoining um, uh, community called Atichate, where to move the, the students for the meantime. But uh, just under a kilometer. So they are trying all their possible best to see how they can uh, deal with the situation. He indicated to me that they have reported to the regional minister. And on Sunday, the regional minister is coming in for them to move to government itself. And see what uh, I mean, Sergio, you know, we're, we're having a bigger conversation about our disaster yeah. preparedness. You just have said, you just said yeah. that Fuverme is possibly one of the worst affected by the floods in all the community. I mean, yeah. and yet, Friday, these people still don't have help. You say the minister might go down Sunday. This is a yeah. perfect example of why we are simply not prepared, is it not? No, but I'm saying that some activities have happened. Yeah, I mean, but but the fundamental activity, but the yes. fundamental activity, the people. I just I just spoke to the Jiwanu uh, who says we need help, and he's listed, and they don't have that help. A week on. Hello, Sergi. Hello, Sergi. Okay, I mean, unfortunately, because of the um, uh, network challenges. But let me go back to Juwano, who is in Fuvame, uh, where that's connecting a citizen, the opinion leader about about this. Um, the NADMO just confirmed, Maxwell, yeah. that Fuvame confirmed what you said. It's a hardest hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, let me let me bring in um, uh, Joshua, of course, who of course has been he's been watching this unfold. Uh, Joshua, are you, are you with me? Yes, I mean, Joshua. So, so that is that is a is it, this is an example of what we are talking about, right? I mean, Nadmo um, Seji confirms Fuvema is the hardest hit, uh, worst hit, and you think in terms of disaster preparedness, you start from the area that is worst hit because the people will need more help than other places, and yet they haven't received any help at all. Right, it, it, it becomes uh, and, and it expresses that uh, is one of the issues that we're facing, and you you want to ask if NADMO seems to be struggling to mobilise resources. You want to find out how they are funded. You want to find if they're really resourced, you know, to respond to. Looking forward to doing to resolve these recent issues. I think that. Um, we can begin to, you know, start implementing some national infrastructural audits. Um, you know, start implementing some national. Please, am I loud and clear? I can hear you, uh, Joshua. Well, the lines aren't helping. Um, but Hello? Uh, I can't help. I can't hear you, Joshua. Just, Hello? just make your point. Right. So I'm focused more on the preparedness because it looks more like. Um, NADMO seems to be struggling to mobilize resources to create that sense of um, agency and provide that relief to the people. And so that's one of the things that we can begin looking at. We can begin looking at implementing, you know, some national infrastructure audits. 
begin to increase transparency for climate risk calculation, you know, so that we can adopt a more rigorous approach to assessing and planning for costs. We can also think about introducing taxes through our budget presentations so that we can make some supplemental appropriations for you know. Okay, um, unfortunately, we, we, this this connection isn't helping. But a final thought to uh, Seiji himself there about the challenge. I think the, the challenge is, is pretty well demonstrated. Uh, but the question really, Seiji, if you can help, help, help hear me, based on what we've just yeah, said, yeah. based on what yeah, we've just said, what, 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 yes, it, it did. But Joshua, just stay with me. Um, let me get to Seiji. Seiji, based on what we've all, all we've had and the challenge is obvious, they, I think it's a, it encapsulates that challenge. What does NADMO need to become a more effective, efficient, uh, um, responsive agency tax with dealing with disasters when they do arrive? Be honest with us, because we all know this, this, there are challenges there. What, what do you require to get, to get you to a place where you can be world-class, like we see in, 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 in London, in, in Washington, whenever there's a disaster, the response is, is pretty quick. What would what would you need? That is making our our law work effectively. As I as I it's been on the local government structure. Now, if the local government structure works effectively, then that will be taken care of. Because as I mentioned earlier. Every player of any agency in the country that's represented at the district or municipal or metropolitan level is already on a disaster management committee, which is chaired by the highest administrative and political head of the area. If their main responsibility per our act is for them to draw up a disaster management plan for the district. And what goes into drawing up a disaster management plan? You have to look at the pre-disaster stage, the, the during the uh, disaster when it occurs, and the post-disaster stage. And activities that are uh, disaster risk reduction in nature throughout the year. If this becomes very effective at the local level, I don't think we'll have a problem. And the issues of relief, the issues of this will be taken care of at that level. What the national will just do is to make sure that at the district level and at the regional level, all these committees are working and functioning properly. Just hold on for a second. Let me let me bring in Charles. Charles says they they have a similar situation here in Accra. Uh, Juwanu, Juwanu, are you still with me? Hello, Juwanu. Yeah, I'm still with you. My name is Devon. Oh, yes, Devon. Tell me, you have the deputy NADMO director on the line. He's listening to you right now. Okay. Do you have a question for him? And tell him what what you require. You are still in. uh, in Fuvama. Yes. So so he talked to him directly for me, uh, Sergi, and is willing to, to hear. Talk to him. Uh, good evening, Director. Yeah, you want to Yeah. We didn't receive any relief item from you. Uh, the yes, people yes, come I'm to I'm village today you. and do yeah. their assessment. Yes. But we are waiting for them. But what is on the ground now? Is that uh, people need uh, defense or grind so that we will be protected? That is on the ground now. You can come and you'll be sent. Uh, so, you, so you, he lost you briefly. You said you have given him an assurance. Yes, yes. I'm giving an assurance because I, I had information earlier that they had gone to do uh, an assessment again, which he confirmed. But they have not gone back with the items that we have provided at the, the district level. So I'll, after, immediately after the program, I'll get back to them to make sure they go there and, and, and ad, 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 attend to them. He also says that um, the sea defense, I know this is beyond NADMO, um, but uh, you, you it's may... Beyond, it's, not, it's beyond NADMO. Yes. Yeah, that is for yeah. the government. Yes, but even there's a more serious issue to that. The, the the issue about the sea defense or the entire coastline of this country is an issue for the people and government of that. 
well, unfortunately, we've lost CG on the ground, but at least he's giving some assurance. And the thing is about it's just the time lag, Maxwell, between yeah. when you went there. Yeah. Um, Jivon was telling us yeah. it's what, Sunday? This is Friday this evening. Friday. In fact, they, they says that now the minister is going to mobilize to go there on Sunday, possibly. This is a whole week yeah. after. And, and this is the and community this is the- where we have um, a little over 200 students studying in two classrooms now because their classroom has been. And, uh, and, and, and Seiji, who is a deputy coordinator, just confirmed it is yeah. the worst affected community in yeah. the entire yeah. Uh, yeah. place. Yeah. So that tells a story. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, in the midst of this, um, you know, doom and gloom, yeah. you found some silver lining in the thick cloud. Yeah, some yeah. young men are finding a way to, to yeah. turn this into some music. They're communicating their pain through music. To, through music. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's connect to let's connect to JJ. Hello, JJ. Hi, good evening, sir. JJ, are you so JJ? Are you in Keta? Yeah, I've been there recently. You've been there recently, okay? So yeah. you 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 put together some uh, music. Are you a musician? I suppose. Yeah, I'm a musician, and my stage name is JJ Gonami. JJ Gonami. 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 Okay. Yes, uh, so so let's let's have a taste of what you compose in the wake of the of the of the disaster that has struck your your own town. The cry of the innocent souls. Mr. President, talk to us. We are dying. It's useful, but the answer is that. We need food. Um, talk to me, JJ. What, what inspired the song? Yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just trying to send the message across because my people are suffering. They are really suffering. The situation on the ground is very serious and we need urgent support you know so as a musician this is what i can do to help my people to send the message across because i believe i have a huge fan base here in Volta region and across the nation so that is the main reason why i i compose this song I mean, do you have family or relatives affected by the by the floods, by the yes. Uh, storm? Yes, of course. My whole family is in Keta. I'm hundred percent Keta boy, and and part of my family is affected, and they are still there. They need help. You know, Ketan really need help this particular time, and this thing can happen to everybody. So we should take it serious. We shouldn't delay. So t- talk to me about your family. Um, what, what exactly happened? I'm, I'm, I believe you've been to see them. Um, what exactly happened to, to them and the, uh, where they live? Okay, as, as you all know, the tidal wave has destroyed so many things there. So right now, they are outside. Even though we got some uh, places for them to uh, stay for now, but they still have to go back to their home. You understand? Because that is where they belong. So right now, so many people are stranded. They are outside there. And you know, Keta is full of mosquitoes. There are so many mosquitoes there. And it, it will cause another problem. That is malaria. You understand? So I'm begging uh, everybody, not only Ghana government, not only NADMO, but anybody that can come out with their whole heart to help Keta, we will be very grateful. Uh, by the way, uh, JJ, what do you say? What are you saying in the song there? Not everybody can speak ever. What, what, what's what's your your main message in the song we're hearing about, background? Yeah, I was yeah I was saying the hardship. You know, there are so many uh, like there there is hardship in uh, Keta and in the Volta region as a whole. And you know, Keta, we don't have any job opportunity for the youth in Keta. The only thing that we can post up is the sea and the lagoon. And now there is no fish. Because when people go for fishing now, they come back home with empty handed. They come back home with nothing. 
and there is no job opportunity for the youth. That is the main reason why all the youth are leaving the town. So we need job opportunity in Keta and in both regions, especially Keta, because our lands are not farming. We don't have we don't have farm uh, farm land because our uh, our land there is no uh, manure in our land. So when you plant, you have to buy more manure, uh, you know, to apply to the sun, to, to water. It's not uh, fertile uh, land. Yeah, I mean, it's because of the uh, the ocean, this closeness to the sea. Uh, but, JJ, thank you very much. Charles, um, so for, for the people of uh, Glefe, uh, you've had a Nanmo. They say uh, even in Keta, there's a huge struggle, right? So what what's, you, you are part of the assembly. You're part of the assembly. So what, what is the plan there? What's going forward? Um, our assembly is Ablekuma West Municipal Assembly. It's a young assembly like um it came Yeah, so, so I mean what's the plan because of time? What's what what is there any plan going forward for we for we, we call on the MP Honorable Eslausu Ekufo. She came there with the minister and the minister assured us that um he's going to connect with uh, the Minister of Finance for government to, I mean, speed up to, I mean, um, give the clearance to the contractor so that the contractor can continue. So fundamentally, you want the project to, to be Yes, complete. because homes are, are gone. Are gone, okay. Um, I guess the same cry that uh, those from Keta have also been, been put in for. But Charles, thank you. Thank you to our connectors. As you hear in the background, JJ uh, screaming, Keta, Keta. Uh, and asking for help for those who live there. But I guess it's a bigger story than that. I just have to make sure that the next time Akita happens, well, places like Fuvame won't have to wait a whole week before they begin to get assurances on Ghana Connect that help will arrive. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Hear the cry of the innocent souls. Mr. President, talk to us. We are dying. We need food. We need shelter. We need help. Oh Lord, have mercy. I don't like my power in our mission. I do a man. All SIM cards in Ghana must be registered again with only the Ghana card. Yes, only the Ghana card. You will not be able to make voice calls, use mobile money services, internet, and all other services linked to your SIM card if you don't. To register, dial star 404 hash and follow the prompts. You will be required to send the following details on your Ghana card. Ghana card number, surname, first name, date of birth, and sex. You will then receive a special code which you will present to your nearest service provider agent or customer care center for your biometric details to be covered. Remember to add your digital address. Dial star 404 hash on your phone to start registering your SIM card today. For more information, contact your service provider on 100 or the National Communications Authority on toll-free number 0800-110622. Register your SIM card to stay connected. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you inform them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osuakwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUST Campus, UCC. 
Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. It's important to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in your employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is regulated and licensed by the National Health Insurance Authority to provide medical insurance services to institutional clients, families, and individuals. Apex Student Package and International Medical Solutions are all here to cushion you. Visit Apex Health Insurance Office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi or call 0501-683-914 or 0232-000-015 in Kumasi. We are located opposite Prempe College, Sofoline and in Takradi, Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. Wow, wow, wow. Hope you have heard of Rent to Own now in Ghana. The Flan City Extension Project Rent to Own Land and House Ownership Scheme by the Ningo Pram Pram District Assembly and its partners, supported by the Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development and the UN Habitat, are right here in Ghana. So be smart, oh, because where you trade and live really matters. Apply now and own a home or a fully serviced land. Wait a minute, oh. Don't forget to join our affiliate housing cooperatives also. Special offers last up to October 31st, 2021. Call us on 055-55-3300 or 577 and 055-70-54635. Website, newaccra.city. Plant City Extension Project. Shaping Ghana's urban future. Allianz, insurance since 1890. At Allianz Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life, we secure your future. Your future.